Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But what you should do is when you have your plate, um, eat your veggies and your fiber first, like your, your broccoli, your asparagus, your salad. You eat that first. And then your protein. And then if you still have room, eat the carbs last. The fiber that you ate first slows your digestion down. It allows you to get the nutrients out of it. Really small change. If you're overweight, you'll lose weight just changing the order in which you eat your food. This is Off Limits, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, i got Peter Diamandis here. I've, I've been watching you for a long time. read your books. Um, how many books have you written? Especially, you've also uh, written a couple so, with Stephen Kotler. Yeah, I did three with Stephen, who's brilliant. Um, we wrote Abundance, Bold, and The Future is Faster Than You Think. Mm-hmm. I wanted to name that third one Convergence, so it would be ABC, right. but they didn't like it. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then did one with uh, Tony Robbins called Life Force, and recently with Salim Ismail called Exponential Organizations 2.0, and then one just recently called longevity your practical playbook yeah and, loved it you know thank you simple uh, simple yeah i mean the book that tony robbins and i wrote life force is a 700 page bible you know like thin pieces of paper so it doesn't look too thick yeah and it's great and i've read hundreds of health and longevity books out there and the problem is by the time you've read the whole thing you're like okay like now, what do I do? Maybe you've right. marked your marks and pages. Maybe you've underlined some things. And so I wanted to write a book that was actually really consumable. And like, like if you don't know where to start on your health span longevity journey, let me lay it out for you in a very practical uh, fashion. Like in the you know, areas of sleep and diet and exercise and mindset and meds and supplements and what I call not dying from something stupid – like, this is it. Um, there are very few things that are absolutely generally true for everybody. Mm. Um, and you should know what those are. And then you should know what the science says about the other stuff. Yeah, and you have this... Uh, the one thing I get from you is, which I've always appreciated. By the way, I love Tony Robbins. Because I remember one time I was going to... I wrote a TV show on a self-help guru. And uh, I started listening to all his tapes because I wanted to make fun of him. Yeah. And then guess what? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. this dude, this dude knows how the human mind works. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I was writing out all my goals and, and it all <laughs> came true. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, I just started doing the exercises. And he's a, he's like, a lovely man. What you see is what you get. That I is bet. who he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, he's, he's, uh, I can't get enough. But um, you are 
what what seems to be an, the ultimate optimist, which I appreciate. Mm. You know, every problem can be fixed, um, and maybe every problem is there to fix. We're yeah. there to push beyond our biology. I, I'm going to just read something to you because it relates to what you just said, and I have it. Um, it's in uh, Longevity Practical Playbook, and it's a stat here that when it came across, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Mm. All right, so here it goes. It goes, in a study of 69,744 women and 1,429 men, typically it's the other way around, by the way, historically, it's always been a lot more m- men. medical research has been in men, but in this case, it's flipped. Published in the prestigious journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Science, like highest high, it was found that optimistic people live as much as 15% longer than pessimists. Wow. Wow. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. Your mindset matters. It really does. Yeah. It really does. I, you know, it's so much of life as you get older, I, I think, is learning what not to think about, what not to indulge in. Yeah. You know, that, that is the process. You know, you, you, you develop a hierarchy of care. You, you, there, are, there are things that are foolish to spend your time thinking 100%. about. 100% including resentment, including feelings of revenge, including sort of like I got betrayed. You're just turning your back on your future. I think that so much of your health is really a question of what, what you choose, the, sort of the, the banks, the, the, your, your brain is a river, and you've got to, make, you've got to create strong mm-hmm. banks to keep that flow sort of where it should be, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I agree. Your mindset matters. In fact, ultimately, I think, and I teach this, one of my next books, I've got a, a follow-on to Abundance call, coming out called Age of Abundance. Um, and then the one after that is called Mindset Mastery. And I'm working on a couple of books a year at this point. Mm-hmm. I love writing. I get up in the morning and I write for the first hour or two. Um, but the realization was, if you, if you think about the most successful people on the planet, uh, whoever they might, they might be or were, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Elon Musk, you know, uh, Ray Kurzweil, uh, Malala, whoever you think of, and you ask yourself the question, what made them successful? Was it the money they had, the tech they had, the friends they have, or was it their mindset? I mean, you know, hopefully everybody goes, yeah, of course, it's their mindset. You could, you could take away everything else, keep their mindset, and they would regain, to some degree, their success. Mm-hmm. And so if your mindset is, in fact, your most important asset as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a mom or dad, whoever that be, question is what mindset do you have where did you get it and then for me more importantly what mindset do you need for the decade ahead yeah yeah i saw you know living in hollywood and being in the business as an actor comedian all that stuff i watched a lot of people try to climb this wall and you know just blindly ambitious and i think what was going on was something like and i i have the same thing you know something like competition something like i'm going to compare myself and i'm going to show these i i'm, I'm going to win at this game but i think what happens inevitably is you get there and a, a form of a crisis happens something where you kind of go hold on this is i feel the exact same i, I talk to athletes like that once they get the belt you know fighters yeah. and they're like now what I got to yeah. keep this going, right? Yeah. I, and I think it's very, very important if you're going to try to live longer, to what end? What, what are we doing here? Trying yeah. to learn more about yourself? That's a very important question. Yeah, a purpose-driven life, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I had that, that exact moment myself. And I remember, um, so one of, the, one of the things that I, one of the organizations, companies I started is called the XPRIZE Foundation. We'll, yeah. we'll talk a little about that. It's, uh, we put up these large-scale 
competitions. The first one was a $10 million prize I organized for the first team who could build a private spaceship, carry three adults up into space, land, and do it again within two weeks. And, you know, yeah, yeah, the way your mind works. <laughs> I just lo I love it because you went, you go to Harvard, you, you get your medical degree, yeah. and you're like, I don't want to be a doctor or whatever it was. Mm. And now you're doing this. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's such an interesting thing. $10 million, somebody gets to build a spacecraft. You got to go up carry. and come down. And then the goal was to get uh, building a generation of spaceships that could take the rest of us into space, right? Because mm. I, I grew up on Apollo and Star Trek. That was like my, my diet. Anyway, long story short, um, uh, I come up with the idea of this X Prize in 94. We announced it in 96. It's won in 2004, eight years after it's announced. And I remember in the moment that uh, Spaceship One uh, it was built by Burt Rutan, it was funded by Paul Allen, in the moment that it was clear to me and everyone, we had tens of thousands of people out in the Mojave Desert watching this thing, uh, were watching it on the onboard cameras being transmitted and, uh, and magnified cameras that were following it. And it's clear it made it up into space and it's coming down for the second flight. Uh, it made the first flight five days earlier. And we're about to give away 10 million bucks. And I remember the mental image I had was I'm at the top of the mountain I have just climbed. I, I, I made it. I got yeah. here after yeah. you know, hundreds of no's and people telling me this is crazy. It'll never work. I'm at the top of the mountain. And it's like, now what? And I, <laughs> as I looked around. Yeah, it's coming back down. <laughs> as I looked around, all I saw were more mountain peaks. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it really is true. It's the journey and not the destination because right. it's just like, okay, like what do we do next? And, and since then we've launched uh, uh, three, you know, $400 million in X prizes. Wow. Right. Wow. So these are large competitions asking teams to actually not come up with ideas, but build and demonstrate stuff that people consider is impossible. Well, what I'm interested in is, you know, guys like yourself and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and people like this who are interested in space. Yeah. There's nothing I'm less interested in. Oh. I, I, and I don't, and I'm, so I'm curious. I want to dissect Should that a little bit. we the conversation now? I know. Well, <laughs> well, because I just think there's a lot to do here on earth and I never look up, you know, I never really think because for me, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's such a vast nothing. So the idea of getting to Mars, for example, right? No, no, no. Let's stay here. I got oxygen. I like the sunshine. I got a lot to do. And, you know, so it's always fascinated me that Elon is always talking about Mars. And, you know, I almost have this joke where he looks at his spaceship and he's like, guys, how much longer? Yeah. You know, and then so he's let me bored ask you of a question. Earth. Do, you, do you like living here in, in, in L.A., in Santa Monica? Well, I, I don't live in Santa Monica, but yes. Or in California. I, I, do you yes. like living in California? I, um, do you like being an American? I do. Okay. Yes. So I, I want you to imagine we're going back 500 years and there are these two individuals having this conversation maybe over a beer back then saying, you want to do what? You want to stick yourself on that boat and head out towards nothingness out there? I understand. And like, you know, die, you know, half, you know, half of you never coming back. What in the world? It's so nice here in London, England or Portugal <laughs> or Spain. We've got beer, we've got mutton, you know, what else could you possibly want? What do you want to do over there? Yeah. Right? But, you know, hopefully you're thanking those people from five years ago. And then the people who risked their lives crossing, you know, the American, you know, planes and getting to California and building the railroads and the airlines. And I just think it's human nature to explore. 100%. And, and we do extraordinarily well. There's this, like this 
not for everybody. Clearly, not for you. Well, now let me let me let me preface. So let me let okay. me let me pair. So, so <clears throat> it's not that I don't think the reach and the endeavor to explore the unknown is uh, without value. I think, in fact, it's it's where all the value is. In other words, you may not. You may not, you know, it's like, why did we go to the moon? Because it's there. But you, you may not get to Mars. But the, oh, we will. the reason, uh, and sure. Be- and beyond. And beyond. But, but we, we, will, we will gain a great deal from that. It's not as though we get to Mars and, well, there's nothing here. There's a lot there in the journey and in developing the technology and all those things sure. to get there. So I, I'm, I'm just being, I, I, I'm sort of... I'm egging you on here because because it's true. I kind of go, ah, space, you went all the way up there. I, of course I understand that there's great <laughs> value. And that's why I kind of want to talk about it, though, because if it was up to me, I'd be focused on here. And there are people like yourself, thank God, who are looking at the next at the new frontier. It's exactly like trying to go beyond our biology. Yeah, I mean, you know, longevity is when we're able to, you know, I think in scramble the messages, you know, the brain is sending the body where the, where the brain says, Hey, let's make more colon cells when we don't need them. You know, there, there's a lot of this stuff that we're, we're doing. Um, thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Because there's some pretty fantastical things that come out of the idea of let's try to live forever. You're not going to do it, but you might get close. Uh, so, you know, when <laughs> I was in medical school, so I was doing an, a joint degree at MIT and Harvard and doing medical engine, you know, learning medicine and then doing aerospace engineering. Um, and I remember one day I was watching this television show on long live sea life. I mean, I didn't watch much TV. I would watch like Star Trek and I would occasionally watch something else. And there's a television show. And in this, in this documentary, it says that uh, bowhead whales can live 200 years. And the Greenland shark could live like four or 500 years, have babies at 200 years. Um, and I'm thinking, that's pretty amazing. If they can live that long, why can't we? And I remember thinking to myself, it's either a hardware problem or a software problem. And we're going to be able to fix those problems. Mm. And I think this is the decade that we're going to be able to fix those problems. This is the decade. This is the decade that we're making a dent. And there's a concept... And I talk about this in my, my book, uh, Longevity, um, that there's a concept called uh, longevity escape velocity. And so what does that mean? Uh, <clears throat> today, science is, in fact, making incredible strides and breakthroughs in, in chronic illness, in infectious disease, in <clears throat> all kinds of things that extend your runway. And so for every year that you're alive today, on the average, science is extending your life for between a quarter and a third of a year. And there's going to be a point at which for every year that you're alive, the science done during that period of time is extending your life for more than a year. And that's called longevity escape velocity and sort of like this, this rapid departure from, from norm. And so, you know... Is that tissue regeneration? Is it that- is all kinds of things. <clears throat> it's understanding why we age, how to slow it, how to stop it, maybe how to reverse it. Um, it's epigenetic. Could, you mentioned Aubrey de Grey, who I interviewed and I'll go, a long time and I'll, Yeah, so yeah. Aubrey was the first person uh, I heard speak about longevity escape velocity, uh, as was Ray Kurzweil, who's my co-founder of Singularity University, and, um, and George Church and others. So I've asked the people who I respect in this field, 
how far are we from longevity escape velocity? And then the answers kind of shocked me and, and gave me great hope, which was, uh, you know, Ray Kurzweil says we're 10 to 12 years away. Uh, George Church, and, and Ray has, by the way, if you look it up, like an 86% accuracy rate in his predictions. He's, he's so Google. brilliant. I his, read The Singularity is near. Yeah, it's amazing. He's got, he's his, also got, you got people have to realize he's invented He's yeah, just everything like everything. Yeah, it's amazing. Some people have a brain. It's yeah, like, what the yeah. fuck he's, is he's, going on here? He's smart. Yeah, he's smart. Um, and, a, and a beautiful, a beautiful man. So then George Church at Harvard Medical School, one of the most prolific scientists, entrepreneurs out there. Um, he looks like God with this white hair, this big white beard. It's awesome. Uh, anyway, so I asked him and he said, we're probably 15 years away. So, you know, let's say we're 20 years away. Right. Um, give the guy, cut the guys a break. Uh, your job is to not die from something stupid in the interim 20 years. Your mm. job is to keep yourself in the best health you can to intercept those breakthroughs coming our way. So when people say, how long do you want to live, Peter? It's like, you know, I used to ha have kind of a target of, of age and so forth. But what I really, my target is to make it to longevity escape velocity, at which point, you know, if you've added 20 healthy years on your life, um, which is the goal of an X prize we've just announced, um, then during those additional 20 years, science is not standing still. There are more breakthroughs, more understanding, right? We have AI, which is making a huge dent in this area. And then quantum technologies, quantum chemistry and quantum computing coming right after that to help mm. drive things. Wow. That's, that's, because as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you hear a lot about how dangerous AI is going to be. Mm. There's always that dark side to everything, right? It's just a, it's a, a game of opposites here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, I, I'll tell you a story that I was thinking about as well. You know, I'm an optimist and it does seem, it does seem that we as human beings are very good at solving these problems. We're amazing. We are. And, and uh, so the guy who invented Morse code or is credited for Morse code, Morse was actually a painter. I don't know if you know the story. Mm. It's a pretty fascinating story. Morse was a, was a, a, a well-known well and successful oil painter and very, very much in love with his wife. And she, uh, he got word, this was in 18, I don't know, 20 or something or whatever it might be. He got word that his wife was sick. And uh, he, he gets in, the, at that time, the only way to get anywhere was on foot, by horse mm -hmm. or a boat. And it didn't matter where you were. And that had been the case since time immemorial. So he, uh, he gets a horse and buggy. He's, I think, in Baltimore or something. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he's got to make the trip to Connecticut, where his wife is. He gets there three days later, or whatever it might be, and not only is she dead... She's been buried. Oh. He never got to say bye to her. Wow. And it killed him. Mm -hmm. And all he did was obsess on the idea of how to get 
if he had just gotten the message earlier, he mm. could have gotten there. Seer, wow. he obsessed. It's a little bit like Ray Kurzweil lost his dad. You know, yep. just said, I, I, yep. I want. You know, I don't believe that. I think death is a problem we can solve. Let's talk about ambitious, right? It is. Yes. Isn't that incredible? And so Morse became obsessed with. At the time, they were harnessing the electromagnetic field, and he became obsessed with a way to get a message to somebody. And, and he knew they were working with copper wire and things like that. Ultimately, he was on a boat. He was going to do a show in Europe, uh, an oil painting. You know, he had an ex exhibit. Uh, he's on his way to London. And there was a scientist on board who was well-known and was involved in harnessing the electromagnetic field. Jumped to 20 years later, whatever it was. And uh, he and this scientist came up with a way to send signals over copper wire and you know they and did the it. Telegraph was born, and the telegraph was born. That is such a revolutionary. Uh, it's like kind of you got to put it in, in the same vein as the printing press because it was the first time that we were able to get a message across yeah. wire, and it, we broke that sort of at barrier the, at the speed of light, so to speak. Yeah, all because he he didn't get to say goodbye to his wife. You know, so. it, the human uh, you know, being driven, having being inspired, uh, having an emotional energy. So, you know, when I think about the mindsets we talked about earlier, um, I think about abundance mindset, um, a exponential mindset, a moonshot mindset, a longevity mindset, which is a lot of what we're speaking about, and then a purpose-driven mindset, right? And having <clears throat> a, a purpose-driven mindset or what I call a massive transformative purpose is something that's driven by emotional energy. You know, doing anything big and bold in the world is hard work. Yeah. And, yeah. and unless you're driven by, you know, we're emotional beings, um, unless you're driven by that positive emotional energy like awe or amazement or desire or that negative emotional energy like, I refuse to let this ever happen to anybody else again in the world, mm. you're going to give up before you get there. Um, or you ever, hear the, uh, you ever hear the difference between, a, from a literary standpoint, the difference between a hero and a villain? No. The, the villain is the kid, he, you know, he gets, he gets his, his family, it's Batman, he sees his parents die in front of him, and uh, the villain says, the world hurt me and now I'm going to hurt the world. Mm. The hero says, the world hurt me and I'm going to make sure the world never hurts anybody else. Yes. It's kind that. of a cool kind of, you know, it's distinction. very true. Yeah. When, when you talk, can you explain a little bit about, since you're friends with Ray Kurzweil, when they talk about the singularity mm. being near and mm. when the singularity arrives, how is his, how are his levels? Okay. So, so when, when they talk about the singularity being near or when it arrives, does that mean that computers now have, have, have cognition that, that computers can make their own decisions, that computers are aware, are, are, are do the same thing a human brain can do? Is that what we're talking about? It's, so there are many <clears throat> different, levels or types of singularities. Let me define a singularity in the first place. It's borrowed from physics. <clears throat> uh, a black hole is a singularity um, in a physics standpoint. And, and there's something called an event horizon uh, that as light travels, if it goes beyond this event horizon of a singularity, you can't see what's on the other side. You can't get any information back. And when we talk about a singularity in, in technical terms, there is an event or a series of events that occur that it's impossible to predict what comes next. And when Ray talks about the singularity is near, uh, and he puts that in the early 2040s, there's a moment in time where the speed of technological change, 
Um, and the technology we're speaking about here is, you know, quantum computing and AI and robotics and 3D printing and nanotechnology, uh, bioinfo nano to summarize it, that, that these technologies are evolving so rapidly that it's impossible to predict what's next. Yeah, I mean, it could change everything. Um, when we talk about AI, and I spend about half of my time focused in longevity and half of my time focused in AI, they're the two biggest um, business opportunities on the planet, the two biggest areas that is going to transform the planet, and it's what I spend my time and I, I love speaking about. Um, so where are we today? Um, Ray, in 1999, almost 30 years ago, made a prediction that in the year 2029, AI would reach human-level intelligence, that we would have the concept of artificial general intelligence, AGI, where an AI is able to do across all areas what a human can do, and you can't tell the difference. You know, we can talk about the Turing test and such. But long story short, um, he has held that prediction uh, of 2029 uh, for 30 years, and, and people laughed at him and said, it's 100 years away, 50 years away, and so forth. Well, when you start asking the community, uh, people have converged on 2029. Elon was at first 2025, now he's 2028. But here's the point. It's inside of the next you know, five, six, seven years, we're going to have AI which is at or above you know, super than super di uh, digital intelligence or digital super intelligence. Um, and there is a singularity there because mm. when AI starts then coding itself, um, the question is, will AI be aligned with our best interests in heart? Or is AI our, you know, our superhero or our supervillain? I'm the optimist. I think that we are uh, focused on those issues right now and that, uh, you know, to quote both Elon and Ray and a whole bunch of other folks and myself, you know, we have a higher than, than you know, call it 80% chance that AI is going to be the most important thing that humanity's ever done and will give us the tools to solve our biggest problems. It is what is going to lead towards a world of abundance, a world where every man, woman, and child has access to all the food, water, energy, healthcare, education that you want, right? AI will be the best teacher on the planet. Mm. For the poorest child and the wealthiest child, the best diagnostician, healthcare provider on the planet for the poorest and for the wealthiest. You Just can already see this happening, can't you? Because you've got countries that were, that they may have no money, but everybody has a cell phone and everybody has access to information. Yeah, we've seen this with Google, right? If you think about it, uh, if you've got a reasonable feature phone or smartphone, and today there's as many or more of those than we have humans on the planet, um, you've got access to the world's information and Google for the son or daughter of the poorest family and Google for the son or daughter of Larry Page, one of the founders of Google, it's the same. Mm. It's complete demonetized and democratized. It isn't a little bit better if you're wealthier. It's the same. It's the same, yeah. And AI is heading towards that same direction. It has the potential to really uplift us uh, at a level... Um, that cannot be suppressed. It's, it's, uh, you didn't start to ask, it's like what Yuval Harari asked, like what's to become of, of AI's biological heritage? Like what is to become of us and where do we add value? Yeah. But like anything else, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think human beings will f find a way. The podcasting's a job. It was not a job 
I started podcasting 12 years ago. My agents had no idea what was going on. Mm. And they would come to me with, after a while, they're coming to me with TV shows and stuff. And I was like, I make more money. I was doing, I was doing the number one show on ABC. I was making more money on my podcast than I was on, on ABC. Mm. My agents were like, what? How do you make money on that? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because it used to be when you got a sitcom, you, that, I'm, I'm buying a house. That's it. Well, no, man. No, I'm not doing that show. I got a podcast. I work two hours a week. Kiss my ass. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I can sell tickets on the road as a comic too. And that was, nobody knew that was a job. Now it's, now everybody has one of these. <laughs> but your brother has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is changing. And one thing to realize is we homo sapiens, we humans in the year 2023, 2024, uh, are not the pinnacle of human evolution. Uh, we are going from evolution by natural selection, which is Darwinism, to evolution by human direction. Mm. Um, and we're going to be evolving ourselves. And part of that evolving ourselves, and a lot of where my focus is right now, is we don't need to accept that the human health span is you know, 60 or 70 years. You know, my mission is how do you make 100 years old the new 60? And then once we've achieved that, how do we then take the next leap? You know, realistically, the human body was never never evolved to live past age 30. Um, you would be, you'd go into uh, puberty at age 12, you'd be pregnant by 13. By 27, 28, you're a grandparent. And, you know, back before we had language and culture and, you know, we're, in, in, we're cavemen and women, you know, the, what you wanted to do was perpetuate the species. That was it, reproduce and pass on your genes. And before we had abundance of food from McDonald's and Whole Foods, the last thing you wanted to do was steal food from your grandchildren's mouths. And so we would die. Mm. And so if you think about, if you look at the physiology of the body, um, after the age of 30, it's sort of a slow descent. It's downhill. Uh, our stem cell populations in our body very rapidly decline. Our immune system declines. Our ability to build, maintain muscle declines. Um, so we start developing cardiovascular disease and neurodegenerative disease and, um, and, a whole, and cancers. And so this is what Darwinism and what uh, evolution handed to us. We now don't need to accept that. We now can start to use our intelligence and our science to overcome that. And we have. It's so funny. I'm, it's so funny as you're talking. All I'm thinking about is when, when are they going to clone hair? <laughs> and I'm, I'm a very it. shallow person. They're, they're, Keep going. They're, they're working on I'm going to be um, good looking in about five years. How long do you think? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to Turkey to get I'm a hair transplant. All right. You're the one uh, who's optimistic, but yeah. keep going. Sorry <laughs> yeah, to bring yeah, it so, back so to my listen, head. Yes. yes, there are companies right now. There's one particular company in Japan that's working on, uh, on uh, stem cell uh, uh, hair growth. Hurry up. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get there. All right. Um, Sorry. So, uh, you know, I am focused on uh, how, do you, how do you do that? And so we've just launched a uh, $101 million X prize. It's our largest prize we've ever launched. It's the largest prize in history. Uh, and what we're asking teams to do to win the money is demonstrate a therapeutic treatment that can be delivered in a year or less. And at the end of that year, and this is, uh, they have to do it in individuals age 65 to 80. That's the focus, that's the target we're, we're in. 
at the end of that year, individuals 65 to 80 have to have regained function they've lost in muscle, immune, and cognition. Wow. Um, a minimum of 10 years of uh, restoration, a goal of 20 years of restoration. And uh, it's, uh, you know, we partnered with <clears throat> uh, the most uh, advanced foundation in the field. It's a, a group called Hevolution. They're a multi-billion dollar foundation uh, based out of Riyadh in Boston. And they're, uh, they're funding more than any other institution in age-related uh, and health-related work. Uh, so they put up a good chunk of that money. Another donor is a guy named Chip Wilson. You know him as the founder of Lululemon. Mm. And uh, Chip has a muscular dystrophy called FSHD uh, that is losing his muscular function over time. And uh, having been successful and being an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is someone who finds a problem and solves a problem, Yeah, right? And so he's like, I'm going to go after and solving FSHD. So he's been funding researchers and he put up a quarter of the prize purse here. He also put up a $10 million purse, an extra additional $10 million above the $101 million uh, for anybody who can make a dent in uh, solving his disease. So <clears throat> in success, this prize runs for seven years. At the end of this, there should be, we'll have hundreds of teams, maybe thousands of teams. You know, I got Elon, I asked Elon and, you know, much to much to his credit, he said yes almost immediately uh, to fund a $100 million prize in carbon sequestration to pull carbon out of the atmosphere, out of the oceans. Um, is this another X prize? It's another X prize. We launched this uh, two years ago. How's that going? Going great. We had like 6,000 teams enter that competition. 6,000. Crazy, right? Damn. And, uh, well, I love it. This is such an amazing idea. It seems so simple, yeah. but you came up with it. You know what well, I mean? I, it just listen, makes I copied, well, I, I, I reintroduced it. Um, so, <clears throat> there had been prizes, the Longitude Prize, um, you know, 500 years ago or so mm -hmm. for being able to determine the longitude because you could tell latitude um, really easily, but not longitude. And then uh, there were aviation prizes. That's where I got my inspiration mm -hmm. from. Lindbergh in 1927 went from New York to Paris, not on a whim, but to win a, a $25,000 prize. Wow. And, um, and that prize which was offered in 1919 a guy named Raymond Ortega born in in France in the Pyrenees Mountains comes to the U.S. in uh in 1899 penniless of course right all the immigrants from Europe coming over starts as a hotel busboy works his way up to hotel manager then a hotel owner of Hotel Lafayette in New York and uh he loves his birthplace of France and his new home of New York and so after World War I, where the airplane was introduced, he said, I would love to be able to fly from New York to Paris. And uh, so he offered up a $25,000 prize. Now, in 1919, no one had flown, you know, barely anywhere. Yeah. And people laughed at him and, and said, crazy, impossible. But that $25,000 prize sparked nine teams who spent 400000 to win this guy's 25,000 bucks. <laughs> and so I'm reading this book, The Spirit of St. Louis, and I'm making notes in the margins about, uh, you know, the leverage this guy had, 16 times the prize money. He doesn't pay any of the losers. He only pays the winner. And I'm going, this is it. This is how I'm going to get my butt into space because that was my motivation. I, I was watching Star Trek and the Apollo program was, as, a, as a kid, and I'm like, when am I going to get a chance to go? 
And um, long story short. The, 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 just for a second. Yeah. It's so interesting. You just wanted to go to space. You, you wanted to see what it was like up there. What was it? What was a... Uh, I just, it's a calling. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I, there are some people who've got that drive. It's like, I you want to know like an exploration gene. It's yeah. like, I want to know. <clears throat> I, I want to go and I just don't want to go see, you know, at first I want to go to space and look down and see what it's like. But then I want to go and start, you know, a city on the moon. I want to go and build an O'Neill colony. I want to go mine the asteroids. I want to be part of the human evolution. It's like the, it's the last time we did anything like this was like in the lungfish crawled out of the oceans onto land. Mm. You know, that's what we're at the verge of that moment in time where we're moving off of the planet irreversibly into the cosmos. It's like it, an you, epic you wonder of time. too if that's um, almost what we are supposed to do as the planet, as the ice caps melt and as things happen, you know, you just, it, it, it's almost inevitable. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's it, there. It, it, Human <clears throat> beings have a mind that is curious. You're never going to stop that. It's the inevitable sort of thing that we, we, we were, we were made with a brain that wants to know and wants to see what's on the other side of that wall. You know? Absolutely. You know, opening the box to look inside and, 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 and it's not for everybody, just to be clear. But thankfully, it's for enough people. Like, I'm not sure I want to climb Everest, mm. right? But I do love scuba diving. And everybody has different elements that they want. Some people just want to, you know, sit on the couch and surf Netflix. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, long story short, uh, that idea of these prizes is what got me started. And in... In 1994, I had read The Spirit of St. Louis, Lindbergh's book, learned about prizes. Um, became enamored with the idea. I mean, I wrote down the rules for the original X Prize uh, in the notes margins of that book um, and announced it in 96 under the arch in St. Louis with no money in the bank. We had raised just enough money to throw a big announcement. But I had 20 astronauts on stage, the head of NASA, the head of the FAA, um, and the Lindbergh family. There. And this all came from just you making phone calls. Making phone calls, pitching my heart out. Love it. Um, and you're and still doing it. I'm still doing but, it. But, but at this point now, with your name and just your, your track record. Yeah, a little yeah. easier. Either that or inflation has moved us. <laughs> well, but, but um, it, it's, I, you know, it, it sounds like there could do a couple thoughts. One is, what a, that's a big sum. $101 million is a big sum. Um, I love the parameters. I love the idea that it's a therapeutic that has to actually show these three, these three, you know, sort of like reversing the aging process, essentially. Yeah, and we picked those three things. Um, muscle, because, listen, a lot of people, end of life is they fall mm. and they break a hip or a pelvis, end yeah. up in a hospital, get pneumonia, and die. It's like some large percentage of people over the age of 65 who have a fractured pelvis or hip uh, die from, uh, within a year of that accident because it just it spirals you out you can't move around mm. it's painful you can't breathe in and you get it you get pneumonia um and so having the muscular strength to get around and enjoy your grandkids or your great-grandkids um is the first uh the second immune system function so important your immune system not only fights the flu and covid it's what battles cancer with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, we have this innate immune system, our natural killer cells, that are looking for cells that are cancerous or virally infected and zap them. And as we grow older, you have something called immunoexhaustion where your immune system gets weaker and weaker and your ability to fight infection and fight cancer gets less and less. And that will end you as well. Mm -hmm. So revitalizing that. And then the third one, cognitive function, the last thing people want is to, you know, be in a wheelchair slobbering, not remembering who they are or where they are. That's not life. And let me just take a second and define lifespan and health span, right? Lifespan is how long your ticker is going how long you have brain waves, possibly. Right. And health span is how long you're enjoying life. That's a really important healthy. distinction. It's really important. So yeah. this is a health span prize. So we have been extending lifespan, uh, but we have not been keeping up with health span. You said something in the book uh, that I th- that was surprising to me, that genetics do not play as big a factor Amazing. as people think. And I thought... It was all genetics, essentially. Yeah. You know, when you look at, uh, I know that the blue zones, you've got community and you've got people that eat just a little, just enough, and they garden and they move around, they eat beans, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, all <laughs> that's, that stuff. That's it. Broccoli and beans. Yeah, broccoli and beans, of course, <laughs> legumes. You know, but um, but I was very surprised to hear that. Yeah. Where, where does that come from? I think yeah, only there's, 7% there's of your- There's a lot of studies, right? Yeah. And, um, and there's been enough genetic studies done um, at this point, everything from 23andMe to larger longitudinal studies, and where you're able to look at a person's genetics and how long they and their familial members are living. If you are anywhere near uh, Spokane, Washington, this weekend, this Friday, Saturday, I am there at the Spokane Comedy Club. We're almost sold out. Then I got off the hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, one of my favorite places to perform. December 21, 22, 23. Come get some. It's going to be awesome, I promise you. Then the Comedy Zone, Charlotte, North Carolina. We got uh, December 29, 30, and 31. I know it says December 28th on my thing. BrianCallen.com for tickets. Come get some. And then I, I start off the new year with a whole new set of dates. Either way, let's get to work. You know, for those who want, you know, I, I put on my, on my website a free PDF called Peter's Longevity Practices, which is really a a summary of the book, um, and that's uh, diamandis.com slash longevity, and you can download the PDF. And I break it down into just the most important basics. Uh, and these are the basics you want to focus on to get you to the breakthroughs coming from this health span XPRIZE that are coming from AI, from coming from all these biotechnologies, Right. It's worth, should we take a second and talk yeah, about the basics? Yeah, please. Yeah, so um, diet is, there's no one diet for everybody, to be clear. You know, I've been, I've been on a keto diet. I've been on a vegan diet. I end up back at the beginning at a Mediterranean diet. But there are some fundamentals. And the number one fundamental is sugar is a poison. I hate to say this. It is, you know, we are all addicted to sugar. I have two 12-year-old boys, and I look at the cereals they eat. And I try and educate them about it. But, you know, I ate the same things. I ate Apple Jacks, you know, back when I was growing up or Fruit Loops. And it's, it's sugar flavored with sugar. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, our bodies were never evolved to take as much sugar. And sugar, glucose, is a neurotoxin. It's a cardiovascular toxin. It's a molecule that coats proteins. And then your immune system sees that glycosylated protein as a foreign body, and it causes inflammation. So um, you, can, you can directly correlate to cardiovascular disease and neurodegenerative disease someone who eats too much sugar, right? Including your cholesterol, your lipid panel, in, right? Your, yeah, so listen, in, in one of the realizations is if you had to choose between having high cholesterol and high sugar, take the high cholesterol. Cholesterol is not, it's, it's, it's cholesterol that is coated with sugar that's the problem effectively. Mm. So um, uh, sugar... Glucose also is the number one and is the only energy source that cancer uh, will feed on. So if, God forbid, you have cancer, your doctor should be telling you, you know, drop all sugar in your which diet. They, which they don't. I mean, I think doctors have been very, uh, hopelessly behind the ball in yeah. actually talking about how nutrition can make Nutrition a is so fundamental. You can reorient uh, your body and disease with nutrition to a huge degree. So listen, sugar, it's tough. Um, every year, twice a year with my, I run a community called Abundance 360. It's a C group of CEOs and entrepreneurs I mentor through the year online. And then we do a five-day program here in LA called Abundance 360. Long story short, uh, we run a no sugar challenge. And so we all get on a WhatsApp group together and everybody, you know, we basically drop sugar for, it's much easier to do in a, in a group mm -hmm. setting. But you can break that addiction. And it's not just sugar, it's high glycemic index foods like, you know, white rice and white bread and so forth. Muffins. and. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that you can do as an immediate in the diet world is just change the order in which you eat your food. So... Go out to the restaurant, first of all, when they serve the wine and the bread right away, just say, can you bring that back with the food, please? Mm. Just do that one thing. Just bring it back with the food. Don't munch down on the, on the, on the, uh, on the you know, the baguettes and the, and the wine I right off the I did that last night. Yeah, well. So why, why is that bad? Because it just spikes your blood sugar right, right away. Uh, at a minimum, soak your bread in olive oil. That dulls the response. Yep. But what you should do is, when you have your plate, um, eat your veggies and your fiber first like your your broccoli your asparagus your salad you eat that first and then your protein and then if you still have room eat the carbs last your mashed potatoes your bread whatever the case might be first of all you you'll eat less of it secondly um the fiber that you ate first slows your digestion down it allows you to get the nutrients out of it really small change if you're overweight you'll lose weight just changing the order in which you eat your food mm. Um, second thing is, uh, you know, and again, look at the absolutes on diet. Whole plants are one of the most important things. So I will attack veggies on my plate. Um, I mean, I, I've learned to love broccoli and asparagus and, you know, uh, whatever. Which and takes the place of the bread, which takes the place of these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't take sugar in. I will listen. It's. In, during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, during kids' birthday, you know, uh, but I'll intentionally and mindfully eat it. Mm. I'm not like stuffing my face. It's Talk like, about alcohol because alcohol. Yeah, I, I hate to say there. this. Listen, my my wife's a a, uh, a sommelier, so it's like uh, I 
have cut down my alcohol intake to maybe one glass of wine a week. Um, it there is no medical positive reason for alcohol. Period. Yeah. You can rationalize it as resveratrol and the red wine and so forth. Not true. Just isn't there. Um, I mean, I it, love wine so much, but yeah. as I get older, yeah. if I don't drink wine, I, I feel so much better and I, I sleep better. Which yep. There's no question. Alcohol will dull uh, your deep sleep, it will reduce your deep sleep. Um, I wear an aura ring and you know, I measure constantly. I'm wearing a, uh, you know, a, a continuous glucose monitor here. Put it up for the camera right here, this little white dot, and it's just measuring my, my glucose and so I know uh, exactly, you know, what my glucose levels are. Just you know, looking at it right here. I told Peter when he came in, I was like, I got to be honest, you look very good. Your skin has a glow to it. You're so, less gray than I am. So here's my, you can see this, this line, right? This is right. My, my glucose. And, and it's a pretty flat so line. So it's reading. It's, it's, re it's reading continuously wow. the glucose milligrams per deciliter in my blood. How do you get one of blood. those? Um, you, from your physician, there's a great product called Levels, mm -hmm. um, which you can use. Uh, and they just they stamp it onto your... They, they stamp it. It, it. it basically comes a little kit itself. You wipe it down with alcohol, stick it on, and your phone uh, attaches. Your, is, it a, is it a needle that gets in it's your... Got, it's got a small hair-thin needle uh -huh. that uh, the device puts into your skin. Right. And it's, and it's in the, you know in the in extracellular matrix of your skin and your blood and it's reading the glucose wow. levels. Eventually, there are a lot of companies working on transdermal. Um, we'll get there eventually. They don't have them right now. Anyway, but my glucose response there was flat. Um, if, you, if I ate anything with sugar, you see the spike and then that causes my insulin levels to, to rise and the, the glucose in my bloodstream to be driven into into my muscles and so forth. And you don't just don't want to be spiking your glucose levels. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, it's minimize sugar, eat whole plants. Dairy? Um, I don't do dairy. Why? Um, I, first of all, luckily I'm, uh, I'm lactose intolerant. Um, but I think uh, we weren't designed as humans to eat cow milk throughout our life. Sheep and goat though? Depending I'll, on have, where you're I'll from. have a little. I'll have a little feta yeah. uh, in my in an How about omelet. yogurt? Um, uh, I I don't have yogurt. I think it's fine. I think uh, I think yogurt and uh, sauerkraut and other fermented are are valuable for you. Um, the last thing on on diet for me is uh, it is not overeating. Uh, I don't do intermittent fasting anymore. Uh, more I'm focused on building muscle mass. So I'm trying to keep my protein intake through the day. Uh, I weigh 150 pounds. I'm looking to get 150 grams of protein. So I'll do morning protein shake, a protein shake in the afternoon. I'll have an omelet or some, uh, some salmon. Mm. Anyway, so listen, I'm intentional on what I eat. Um, the second thing is sleep. Uh, sleep is... The, the most underrated, uh, most critical element for brain health. Uh, when I was in medical school years ago, I used to pride myself on getting by with five hours of sleep. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But the body would have evolved to get rid of sleep if you didn't need it. So you need a minimum of seven hours. Yeah. Uh, you should target eight hours. 
Um, and at the end of the day, uh, sleep, and I talk about in my longevity practices, all of the tricks of how to, minim- how to get your sleep, how to get a great sleep. Um, and so sleep is, is critically important. Uh, exercise is probably the most important thing. If you could uh, bottle it up and sell it, it would be the number one longevity drug on the planet. Because it just gets things moving? It, it, is, it sends out <clears throat> all kinds of growth factors and signals to the rest of the body that you're vital and that you need it to be in good shape, that you need it functioning. When you're sitting on the, you know, lying uh, on the couch, you know, kicking back with chips and a beer, you're telling your body, I don't, you know, don't really need you anymore. It's mm-hmm. like having, losing, it's like retiring. Yeah. Retiring is like the number one correlated thing with death. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at it. Moving physically for your brain and everything, you know, it's just, it's, it's, and weightlifting, I'm, I'm a huge fan of weightlifting in general. Yes. And so I will focus on uh, a minimum of three times a week. I shoot for five times a week to get into the gym and lift weights. Um, I got a, uh, a tonal machine as well, which is like in your house, computer AI generated working out. I got a catalyst suit to try that out. It's like, I, I tried that catalyst suit out. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I was sore. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because uh, I went. They they were they kept turning the dial and laughing at me. It's for those of you guys who don't know. It's it, you put on these pads and it basically electrocutes you and it just squeezes your muscles. And he would just be like, "Ready?" And my buddy Robert Hartman, who owns all the improvs, and just it would just be like, Vah! "I was in." It was hilarious. well. It would, it's the, the the tech is interesting because you're watching a video. And the video is having you do various motions. You're punching. And, and, yeah, and yeah. you're doing squats. But as you're doing this motion, this, this electro-stimulus suit is stimulating the muscles that you're working against. Yeah. Right? So you'll get a different kind of workout there. Just make sure you're well hydrated because you don't want to, uh, to get your kidneys. Because well, that causes yeah. muscle breakdown. Yeah, my buddy did it alone. And... <laughs> Had I could barely make it to the to the yeah. What what about what about supplements? Uh, so so so. Uh, and let me just say one yeah. one last thing on the yeah. on the on the working out. Um, just a stat to motivate people: if you're over sixty, um, if you work out um, uh, twice a week, not you know an intense, just a decent average workout twice a week, you can reduce all cause all cause mortality by fifty percent. Reduce your chance of cancer by threefold. It's the number one thing you can do. Wow. Right? Um, wow. Supplements, I take, you know, listen, uh, I, I take about 60 pills a day. Do you? I do. You and Ray Kurzweil. Yeah, I do. And so, so, I, so, so let me guess. So, so creatine for sure. I do creatine, yes. Omega-3 with CQ10. I, I, CoQ10, yes. Okay, CoQ10. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what that yeah. anyway, is. Anyway, I I, there's, listen, in, I don't want to go through in, yeah. in my longevity yeah. practices book. I list everything I take yep. and why I take it. And to be absolutely clear, I take all of these things in concert with my physician. Yes. Some of them right? are medicines. Like some, of the, some of them are medicines, right? I'm on rapamycin. What is rapamycin? It's rap- that longevity rap- drug? Yeah, it, it, was, it was discovered on Easter Island. Also, it was Rapa Nui, where it got its name. Mm. And it was approved by the FDA uh, as an immunosuppressant for people who have uh, get organ transplants right. to keep them from rejecting the transplant. But it turns out in low doses, and I do six milligrams once a week, 
uh, for three months and then three months off. Uh, the study shows, and I won't go into the science of it, I write about it in detail, but that there's decent evidence uh, that it is a pro-longevity, uh, pro-longevity drug. And we're going to discover a lot of these. There's taurine, uh, people talking about metformin, which is a way of dulling your, you know, your glucose levels. There's also berberine. Again, um, a lot is written, and I tried to do it very practically. You talked to this is what I pretty, do I mean, and why. You yeah. talked to Aubrey de Grey, David Sinclair. Yeah. You know, you talked to all these people that are that have been on the forefront of this for a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, and and on genetics and 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 in coming up with these different compounds that uh, maybe at least stall the breakdown of the cell. I when I had Aubrey de Grey on a long time ago, I remember he was going through the seven different ways that up the to cell. like 11 or 13 hallmarks of aging now is that, that what it is that, like, yeah, okay yeah. because that back then it was seven yeah <laughs> and and he started talking about the mitochondria and, and i was like i don't know anything and he's like just relax it's just i'm just talking mechanics because yeah. it is a mechanical problem it is right listen the, again the remember I, I said in the beginning you know uh why don't we live 200 or 500 years it's either software or hardware yeah and and this is the decade that we're beginning to make a dent in rewriting the software, right? This is epigenetic reprogramming, gene therapies, CRISPR technologies, and um, and the hardware. There are companies right now that are regrowing you an extra set of organs, heart, liver, lung, kidneys. Really? Right yes, now? right now, right now. So uh, Martin, uh, uh, Martin Rothblatt at United Therapeutics, uh, uh, Dean Kamen at the Advanced Regenerative Manufacturing Institute, George Church with one of his companies. All of these are taking different approaches to how do we provide you with a backup set of organs instead of waiting for someone to die in an automotive accident. I mean, just like a car. Yeah, just like a car, right? The reason that we have beautiful you know, Ford Model Ts operating is because we replace the parts. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that's where we're heading. The... There are two other things I talk about in um, in my book and in my uh, longevity practices PDF, which is mindset. I talked about optimism, right? Listen, if you're hanging around with people talking about this person died and this person's aches and pains, and you can will yourself to death, <laughs> and you can will yourself to life. I want to read yeah, it. That's, that'd, that'd be called Southern Italian or Jewish or anybody of the Mediterranean cultures. It's always catastrophe. It's always like this, this superstition. If I can talk about it, it won't happen. That's my mother. She'll find a way for you to die in any situation. I'm, I'm going to read this other uh, element about um, the importance of mindset. And uh, it's going to read this. It says, my favorite story illustrating the, out, uh, uh, the power of mindset over death is from the annals of American history. As it turns out, in an extraordinary demonstration of the will to live, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two of American America's founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, both willed themselves to live long enough to see the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Even though in the early 1800s, the average life expectancy was only 44 years old, Jefferson, who was 83, and Adams, who was 90, made it to July 4th, 
1826, both dying on that exact date, the 50th wow. anniversary of the nation ah, that they founded. That's wild. Yeah, now I'm going to make it, man. I'm going to I'll celebrate tell you what, that. Yeah. yeah. What a goal to see it, yeah. just to see it and know you got there. Um, so the, the last thing is that don't die from something stupid. We've talked about this before. This, right. is, uh, this is my company, uh, Fountain Life. So um, I built a company along with Tony Robbins, uh, Bill Cap, and, and a few others. Uh, Mark Benioff is one of our earliest investors. I wanted a place that I could go for my friends, my family, that was the most advanced diagnostics and therapeutics place. All right, so we built, we have four of these centers now. Uh, we're building one in LA in 24, and then we've got a waiting list of like 40 that we're building out across the US and around the world. You have yeah. one in Naples. I'll be we there. Have, yeah, Naples, be, Florida. I'm doing stand-up there on the 21st. We should so. we should get you there. So Naples, Florida, right. Orlando is our headquarters, Dallas, Texas, New York are the four that we have right now. Um, and so here's the background. It turns out that your body is amazingly good at hiding disease. Incredibly good. Our bodies are masterful at hiding disease. What do I mean? You don't feel cancer until stage three or four, right? Um, in fact, most of the cancers that kill us are not the ones that are tested for. So you test for breast and, and prostate, colon. But, and colon, but we don't, those are not the ones, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's pancreatic or glioblastoma, the ones that are not tested for that pop up, you know, at the end of their cycle in stage three or four. Is glioblastoma and pancreatic cancer curable if you catch it? Very, Early enough, really? yes. You can, really? Yes, 100%. Huh. Wow. 100%. If it's isolated, yes. And it hasn't gotten its roots? Yes. If it hasn't, yes, you can. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought once you um, even had... Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, you don't get the shakes from Parkinson's until like 70% of the neurons are gone. God. 70% um, of people who have a heart attack have no previous signs or symptoms, no shortness of breath, even nothing on a CT scan because historically we were looking for a calcified plaque. And it's not the calcified plaque in your coronary artery that kills you. It's a soft plaque that can evulse in the middle of the night and, and that you know fatty plaque blocks the artery and you die. And what's the difference? What is the calcified plaque? Is when you talk about a calcium score historically. I remember yeah. I had a calcium score. My cardiologist ten years ago was worried about the calcium score, and it turns out that if the cal if the plaque on the side of your coronary arteries, these are the arteries that feed the muscle of the heart, is calcified, it's stable. It's not going anyplace. Mm. If it builds up and builds up and starts to narrow the coronary artery, that's an issue and it has to be opened up. But if it's calcified but still patent it's still open and blood's flowing you're fine but there's this other kind of plaque called a soft plaque it's a gummy plaque that it can evulse meaning you can break out it's and not block, calcified it's not stabilized and it blocks it and it stops blood flow and a minute later your heart tissue is dying and you have a heart attack and you're dead right so it's just now that the technology exists using uh, a new form of image analysis using AI that we can actually see soft plaque. And so the calcified plaque is easy to see. It's a soft plaque that was harder to see. Is that an angiogram or is it? it it's, a, it's a coronary CT. Right. Uh, it's still using, uh, you know, uh, uh, a 
uh, a CT scanner, which uses a small amount of radiation. An MRI has no radiation. Anyway, um, so what we're doing at these Fountain Life Centers is you come in, you spend a day with us, and we upload you. you know, we digitize you and upload you into the cloud. Um, what does that mean? We do a full body MRI. We're imaging your entire body, able to detect any kind of cancer, aneurysms. We look at blood flow, um, look at you know, uh, blood vessels throughout the body. We look at your uh, coronary CT, looking for soft plaque. We do a, a, a low-dose CT lung scan. We are looking at your full genomics. We look at your microbiome, your metabolome, 120 blood biomarkers. Um, we look at muscle strength, at your skin, at your retina. It is God. everything possible to digitize you, to answer two questions. Number one, is there anything going on in your body right now you need to know about? And we're all optimists, right? We think we're fine. Yeah. Well, the numbers we get from our first four or 5,000 members, 2% have a cancer they don't know about. Two out of 100 people. Lifesaver. Right? Uh, 2.5% have an aneurysm they don't know about. Uh, a friend of mine who I'm doing business with uh, in Fountain Life uh, wanted to go through the experience, went through it, luckily found two brain aneurysms he had, was in surgery a week later, and he's now healed. But they could have ended him. 100%. Immediately. Immediately. In his sleep. Right? And I have friends who died in their sleep or killed over. It's like... I had a doctor who said, when I hit 45, he said, you're going to lose friends between 45 and 55 because they're going to have a compromise in their arter arterial branch and, and you don't know it or something like yeah. that, right? So you just... And we can, now, we can now know. And people say, I don't want to know. I say, bullshit, of course you want to know because you can do something about it. Yeah. And so um, and then the last number is 14.4% of people either have neurodegenerative, cardiovascular, or metabolic disease that they need to know about and take action on. What kind of action? It may be changing your diet, maybe taking different meds, it may be meditating, it may be sleeping, it may be a whole slew of things. But you want to make a choice. Mm. Do you want to get those extra 10, 20 healthy years? So the first thing, is there anything going on inside your body you need to know about today? The second thing is, given all this data, we gather 150 gigabytes of data about you. It's not just your body image, your genomics, your metabolomics, your blood biome, all of this comes together and we upload it into our AI systems and our physicians and we do a holistic look at what is likely to get you and how do you slow it or stop it, mm. right? That's the goal. Mm -hmm. And so I go every year, as do our members, and um, it's, for me, it, I put it under the adage of don't die for something stupid. You know, what about colonoscopies? Colonoscopies... Um, we uh, ask our patients, our members to do it. We call them members, not patients. But it's a different outpatient procedure because you still have to do a colon prep and all of that. Yeah. And you can but that's do, very important, right? It you is gotta, very important, yeah. yes. I, I have... I did mine at 50. I'm 56. I should yeah, do Yeah, you should one, do it right? again. Okay. Yeah, every, every five years. Okay. Um, uh, I also had my, ca my calcium score is very low, yeah. but I was Doesn't 53. Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Your calcium score is not related to your heart attack. We can have lots of people who have heart attacks and a low calcium score. Wow. 
right? Because okay. it's the soft plaque. Your calcium score is just looking at your calcium. So blood pressure, normal, calcium score low, doesn't matter. You could have soft plaque. Yeah. And you've, you, you, and the only way to tell is to see that. Yes. On to, a... To go and image it. On, right. Go and image it. Yeah. In an and, MRI. In an MRI <clears throat> running this... No, so in a... This is a coronary CT... That we do at our. Do we know why people get soft plaque? Is it is it diet or stress? We uh, Genetics. I would a combination. be. I, I would be guessing if yeah. I if I answered it. Um, but we have amazing, uh, uh, you know, cardiovascular experts and part of our of our team. Anyway, um, you know, women need to get uh, breast exams, breast scans, and it's just now the technology to enable you to do it with an MRI is coming online uh, versus uh, you know a, a mammogram. So yeah, because you have a whole section for women. It's like we, a we do. In, in, the, in, my, in my book, I have a whole section on women's health. Yeah, mammograms. That, Thoughts mammograms. on that? Yeah, absolutely. I heard that they're not good for women under 50. Uh, or is there another I, I way? Don't, I don't. I'm not going to answer yeah. that. Uh, okay. the, the chapter in the book is written by uh, Helen Messier, uh, who's got an MD and a PhD, and she's right. my chief medical officer and chief scientist. And she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people with opinions. It's like, dude, you never took one day of biology and you've got a thousand <laughs> opinions. The amount of bro science out there that, by the way, I'm guilty of touting as well sometimes. You know, and, and then I talk to somebody who really knows and it's their job, yeah. like my buddy Andy Galpin. Do you know Andy Galpin or I Lane don't. Norton or any of those guys? Great guys. But th these are what we call jacked scientists, PhDs who can deadlift 600 pounds. Nice. Right? So it's like guys like Dom D'Agostino and the, the guys who are out there who are really living it and you see them and they come in and they're just all chest and ass. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and they're scientists. And, and my favorite scientist is people like Lane or Andy, who, when you ask them a question, they go, I don't know. Sometimes maybe it depends. They're not going to give you these definitive answers. And to your point, it's like, yeah. it depends on who you are and we got to look at everything you know, yeah. you've done. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, so the long story made short is you're able to know. Yeah. And if you can know, you need to. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you know, we, we've just, uh, it's not cheap. It'll be getting cheaper over time. Uh, you know, we're going to be launching a digital version of uh, a fountain in, uh, in 24. Um, and we launched something called Fountain Health, which is health insurance for companies uh, over 50 employees. Um, it's health benefits, actually, so that we do testing for your employees to identify whether they should do more advanced testing, right? So we do, you know, right now, insurance is so perverse, right? Fire insurance pays you after your house burns down. Life yeah, insurance yeah. pays your next of kin after you're dead. Right. Health insurance pays you let's, after let's you're sick. Let's get into preventative stuff. Right, and so I wrote about that in my, in my book, uh, The Future's Faster Than You Think. I said the future of insurance is where insurance keeps your house from burning down, life insurance keeps you alive, health insurance keeps you healthy, right? So that's what we're doing with Fountain Health is uh, for your employees, we uh, do advanced testing um, that's able to segregate them and say, okay, this person now needs a coronary CT or an MRI. Or, and, and ultimately, it's going to save massive amount of money because this stuff costs a lot after a person's- It does. I can hear a lot of people listening to this podcast going, I can't afford to do that. But, but, but you can take a lot of preventative measures as well. And it is, with AI and stuff, it is going to get yeah. cheaper. It, seems, it is. Because, by the way- my, the my other thing about most people, because I travel so much, yeah. just performing. The, the way Americans eat in general and drink is fucking madness. Yeah. 
Like, I, I mean, if you, every time somebody is elected to office, Nachos. your Medicaid <laughs> benefits, what's that? Nachos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's, everybody, there's a food industry. There's a whole food industry that is, uh, I mean, everything that comes in a box and a tube. It's unbelievable. I mean, honestly, you know that we, we have on cigarettes today, we have the skull and, you know, this will yeah. kill you, this will destroy. Yeah. We need to put that on most of our foods. I think so too. Yeah. And you see it and you're just like, this you will kill you. Killing there's yourself. Z- there's zero nutritional value in this and there's absolutely, this will end you. You, you. you think about that as Americans, if you were to say, you know, there's a terrorist threat. Oh man, where's my gun? Let's go. And we are all focusing on the wrong enemy. And then you watch uh, a perfectly wonderful family. They love the shit out of their kids, and they're all eating poison. They're all stuffing their mouth. Go to the zoo and watch how people of all ages are laboring up a tiny hill with with (laughs) multicolored tongues from the slushies they've been. You know, go to Disneyland. Sugar and long lines. Oh my god! Honestly, it is. It's an industry. And then, of course, you know, listen. There's a lot of money in diabetes drugs. There's a lot of money in keeping people from dying for a little bit longer, even though they eat like you know crazy. It is an addiction. It's an addiction. Sugar, same way. But for me, cutting out sugar and uh, alcohol has been a game changer. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I I love wine. But I'll pick my spots. I have rich friends. Yeah. The, the idea is to have rich friends and drink wine once in a while. <laughs> really good wine. If you're going to enjoy it, enjoy a really great glass yeah. of wine. Yeah, well, I think you're making a big difference, man. And I Thank think you. people like yourself who are optimists, and I've been, again, following you for a long time, I think people who are optimists like yourself make a much bigger difference than you can probably even predict. It's just like that... Uh, the idea that you know we're going to get to a point where there's that event horizon where you're not even sure what's yeah. what's going to come back. Yeah, the but singularity. I, I think your ripple effect is is optimists like yourself who take action, massive action. Um, it's an act of faith, but uh, I appreciate. I I I will say this too, and I think you'd probably back me up. We talk a lot about the dangers of AI and CRISPR Cas9. What if they take a virus and they mess with it, and it can be a super virus? I understand thermonuclear weapons. My buddy Eric Weinstein is always like, uh, "Thermonuclear weapons. We're going to be able to put them in a briefcase." And yes, yes, yes. But I think if you look at history, innovation comes with a form of destruction. It will destroy certain industries. It'll destroy your job, maybe. But at the end of the day, innovation does make us by and large, better off. We do move forward. And nuclear fusion, of course, has its dark side, but it also has its positive side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know if there's a, there's a discovery or an invention that we are, we are worse off for. Maybe social media, by the way, but maybe not. But maybe not. I mean, you know, we rail against TikTok, but I love my YouTube because I can take a class. I can learn anything. Yeah, I'm, it's you, amazing. Yeah. And, and you're 100% correct. And amazingly we humans have continued to survive and thrive yeah and i i personally believe that human nature on the whole is good that in a world uh where the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities entrepreneurs will find and solve problem one after the other after the other and uh i I think that um ai you know and i spend a lot of time um uh, on AI policy, on on AI investing, on uh, on implications, and I write about it in my books, and I teach about it. On the whole, AI is going to become the single greatest tool for uplifting all of humanity uh, and demonetizing and democratizing access to everything we, we humans hold. Um, 
And, you know, going back to uh, sort of a conversation we had earlier, these AIs, uh, they're our children and we're teaching them. Mm. And what are we teaching them is really important. What are we feeding them on? Yeah. Are we feeding them uh, to make them superheroes or supervillains? Right. And so that's a lot of the conversation around alignment right now. How do we make sure we train up these AIs so they're superheroes? Long story, um, but an important one. Uh, if anybody listening is interested in competing for our HealthSpan uh, X Prize, $101 million up for grabs. Uh, teams can come from anywhere, from companies, from universities, from academic groups. Um, if you go to xprize.org, um, uh, slash health, you'll learn more about, about this. Super pumped about it. Um, uh, you know, for me, this is the means by which we crowdsource the most extraordinary uh, ideas, benefits, solutions, therapeutics around the world. It's awesome, man. Uh, Dylan, make sure, buy me some beakers and a microscope. I'm going to get involved in this. <laughs> it's awesome, man. I, and I if love you it. want, if you want my longevity practices, uh, diamandis.com slash longevity. Uh, and it's free. Great. Um, another thing, by the way, I mentioned longevity mindset. Um, you never hear about this stuff on CNN. No, you never hear about this stuff on, in your newspaper, but there's incredible stuff happening all the time. I actually built an AI engine that searches the world's news for the latest, highest value breakthroughs. Really? Yeah. What is that? Uh, so it's free. It's longevityinsider.org. Just go put it, give me your email. Longevityinsider.org. Okay. And you will get every day uh, the top six uh, breakthroughs that are occurring in longevity sciences. Wow. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a summary paragraph in an image, but it just keeps me present of how fast all of this stuff is moving yeah. so that I don't eat the French fries. So I don't pick up that ice cream pop. Because you want to live yeah, I want long to enough this technology so that you in. can get, so you can live forever. Dylan, that's a great clip right there. I like that. Uh, yeah, we're going to clip a lot of this stuff up because <laughs> this is the kind of information people eat up and they love yeah. it. So. Peter, thanks, man. My pleasure. I Thank hope you, you come so down much. to Fountain Life and check it out. I promise I will. Yeah. I'll be down in Naples, uh, what is it, December 21, 22, 23 at Off the Hook Comedy Club. Get your tickets at briancallen.com. Before that, I'm in December, I? December 21, 23? Yeah, are you going to be down there? Uh, I'm not, but I want to hook you up with, so let's pick this up on, I love it. on, on text. Yeah, I appreciate it. That, yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, I definitely want to do that, and then I'll be... Guys, I'm in uh, Spokane, Washington, December 15th and 16th, doing stand-up in December. What is it? Seven, eight, nine. I'm in Indiana. God help me. Indianapolis, Helium Comedy Club. Come get some. Tickets are going fast. Peter, thanks so much, man. That was awesome. My pleasure. Great. Thank you, guys. It could be considered awesome.